This is the best of Sports Channel 8, the radio show podcast. Part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now here's the best of today's Sports Channel 8, the radio show. First thing you can talk about at lunch is Duke's win. Yeah. Revenge win over NC State last night. 88-69. State wins on aggregate this year. <laughs> Did they? Because they won by 22. State, three points <laughs> better at, than Duke this look year. At, look at you, soccer guy. <laughs> um, state wins on aggregate. Uh, will, will this good loss help NC State's NCAA tournament chances? Hayes, Hayes I know we, we get taught – States, we have to talk about why state lost and what it means for them. I want to talk about Duke. Um, let's let's do talk about. Duke. I would like to talk about Duke. I thought it was a very good game from Duke. It's the it's the Duke that we thought could could go to the Final Four. So, yeah, certainly the the second half. Like it, it definitely showed they have two really 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 good players who you kind of get it from every night and Trey Jones and Vernon Carey. And then it's almost like any team, but whenever your supporting cast yep. shows up, then you're really hard to beat. They killed State. Uh, uh, they killed State rebounding, and they killed State on fra- fast break. I know they went to the zone in the second half, and that, yep. was, that was the, I guess, the uh, catalyst yep. to why things changed. I don't think State necessarily played poorly against the zone. They had a bunch of shots that they just didn't go in. I thought they had good shots and good looks, but. It seemed like every obviously state missing a lot of shots. There's rebound opportunities. Duke got them, and Duke got up the court, which I don't think we've seen a ton of those stretches. Yep. Um, I think at one point, uh, 17 straight possessions that Duke scored on. Yes, in the second half. So you, yeah, you knew it was going to be a long night for State when they they led by six points with two minutes to go in the first half. The end of the half was killer. And when they went into the locker room down, down at half, yeah. you were like, that might have been their chance. They needed to. They were up, I think, as much as eight in the yeah. first half. It felt like in the first half they could have or should have been up a little bit more, too. Yes, and they needed to be. They, they needed right. to, to take a six- or eight-point lead into uh, halftime and then try and, you know, withstand Duke's rally no. in the second half. I they, thought They did not. I thought, again, I thought State was okay for the most part. Uh Effort-wise was there, intensity-wise was there, but when Markel Johnson and C.J. Bryce don't shoot well, then it's going to be tough for them to win games. I I thought last night was way more about Duke playing well, taking advantage of NC State missing shots and getting out and in transition more so than NC State just kind of falling all over themselves. Duke had another one. Let's do talk about Duke. Duke had another one of those weird uh, box score nights. If you look at the minutes, where Javon Delorier and Joey Baker started, yeah, but they only played six and four minutes each, respectively. Uh, Wendell Moore and Jordan Goldwire played the bulk of the minutes off the bench, and then how about Justin Robinson? Yeah, the new guy getting it done for Duke. Um, I mean, case. I think it's because we hung out with his dad uh, before pre-game. the game. We'll get. We'll, we'll talk about that. We'll <laughs> talk about that pregame. Let's let the coaches talk about the game some last night. Uh, Coach K talked about how how much hungrier State was the first game when they won. Kevin Keats thought Duke 
was more hungry than they were tonight. We got we got to get better. We we didn't do you know the winning plays is what we didn't make. Um, and, and listen, I don't want to say what we didn't do opposed to what Duke did. They did a tremendous job getting to the glass, getting out in transition and scoring, and give those guys all the credit. Um, you know they bounced back. Um, you know I'm sure obviously after losing a couple games and then the way we played in Raleigh, uh, they came back and they were more hungry, they were more focused, and they wanted the game and they got it. Um, you talked about the zone. I, I I don't have it off the top of my head or anywhere in my notes because I don't uh, do research on no. things like how State plays against the zone. But in, in uh, on your observance, has State played well against the zone at other times this against, year? So they played Syracuse, yeah. and I think this is a not as good this Syracuse. Down Syracuse defense here. And they shot well. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very simple to say in a zone you're going to get – Good Open opportunities, looks. and you need to take Knock advantage them of them. And this, but this, to answer your question, Florida State played some zone against State, didn't go well. Duke played some against State, didn't go well. And I, I think a lot of it comes down to this NC State team is just not a great shooting team. Yep. They haven't been all year. Um, I, there's no other way to. It's it's pretty easy. Here's Keats talking about Duke zone. Yeah, I, I think it got better. Not to take away from their zone, I think it got better because of our frustration of not making a few baskets. Um, you know, when you look, you look around college basketball, it, it's so funny how teams play defensively or in transition when they're scoring versus when they're not. Uh, you know, we missed some shots and they got some runouts. Uh, we had a lack of communication, um, and, and it led to some easy baskets. I think Stanley had two of the best dunks he's probably had all year. Well, I, I shouldn't say all year; kid gets dunks all the time. So. <laughs> Kevin Keats recognizing, yeah, Cassius Stanley. They were again. We've we've t- we've talked about plenty of times how we we've been lucky to go see a lot of basketball, see sure. a bunch of great players. Like those, the the one dunk the alley oop where they kind of caught with one hand. That yeah. was that was, for even me. I think I like stood up and I was like, I, I, I think I'm just gonna leave now. <laughs> <laughs> you respected that one, yeah. I had some I had some friends who said they saw you last night, and uh, but you guys were already heading out. So I don't know, if, did y'all leave early or did you? We left at the under four. Yeah, uh, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the game, there were other people leaving. They were gonna go say hey and love the show, but you guys also, were out. So. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> you got friends who go to do games? I mean, I got I got people, man. What? Let's, who, get, let's who, get back to the friends part. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's fair. Um, all right, should we talk about our visit to uh, to Cameron? That's fine. First of all, let's let Kay talk about Kay doing. Let's some, talk about Duke. Uh, some old school coaching. Yeah. Coach K setting up chairs in the locker room at halftime. He talked about prepping for the zone. And then even at halftime, we like cleared all the chairs in the locker room and we were walking through our zone, you know, just to make sure we had the coverages. And what happened, we took away their penetration, kept them off the foul line, but we rebounded. And when we rebounded, our fast break was sensational. You talked about that. Duke looked good in transition, mm-hmm. and obviously, I, I like the, I, I like the chairs, man. I'm just picturing Kay talking to his assistants, going, "Get the chairs out of there when we get there." Move the chairs, uh, and then the quote that everyone's talking about last night actually came during uh, Coach K's radio interview, when he basically said, "I mean, check the banners. You want to come at me? Check the banners." I mean, you can question my coaching and. What the hell? And then when you do question it, by the way, just come into Cameron and look up in the ceiling. All right. And then, then find out if you should question that. Look you know? at my <laughs> uh, don't, don't do anything with our players. You know, just support them. Man. 
Strong flex, K. Look at my banners. I respect that flex. Um, all right. You, you, you did ask about state and what it meant, like if it's a good loss. Yeah, good it, loss, right? It's quad one loss. Patrick Stevens, who was on the show yesterday, has his updated bracket this morning. He still has stayed in. He has stayed in as a last four in. I mean, I heard your arch enemy, Jerry Palm. I can't remember if it was on David It was on Glenn Adam and Joe Adam yesterday. And Joe. Yeah. Uh, he's an angry guy. He he's not. Troll, he's very he's trolly. He's not an angry guy. No, he, he, he lost me whenever... I, I, I'm not going to tell you how you should or should not do your job, but as a national person, sure. I guess I expect more you know expect different levels of of if we're trolling here locally i think it's okay we control state fans but national when but a national you, guy's like oh what do you i think you said yesterday like what's well, surprised me to beat duke and lost the state that's just state i'm like come on dude uh, absolutely not i think i think that's just a commentary on on come on i didn't i didn't think that was he's uh, doing it for clicks it's fine yeah but he didn't take a shot at state fans i think yeah whatever Patrick still has stayed in. <laughs> Last night didn't necessarily. Our expert Friend witness. of the program, Patrick Stevens. Yeah. Didn't hurt him last night. Definitely would have helped. Now, you are in a, you got to win Friday against Wake. Got to be you, Wake. You need to win your first game in Greensboro. That would also be nice. Yeah. But you know what? Go ahead and win two or three games in Greensboro. Just make life easy on yourself. Yeah. If you win two, that means you've beat Florida State, Duke, or Louisville again. So. Excellent. Probably would do it. Um, all right. The next thing you talk about at lunch is, well, you can't really talk about us it. At the you game. can listen to us talk about going to the game. <laughs> You've been in Cameron before, but yeah. how was your experience last night? I had a great time. All right. What's the best pregame experience? Washington Duke in to Cameron. I, I, I'm not saying Backyard Bistro to PNC okay. or Top of the Hill to uh, Dean Dome. If you, hit, if you can get top of the hill on a good weather day. That's true. That kind of the outside pushes up. Also, Keno's hard to top. Keno hard to top. is the real pregame for PNC, the, the PR. Mm. That, yeah. that, no, it's too far. Yeah. I had a I good mean, time that, last night. We, we hung out with. Backyard has too many um, opposing fans. Yes. Mm. PR, it's like all yeah. state red in there before a game. We had fun last night. Hung out with David Robinson. Yep. Kicked him with the At the, at the uh, Waduke. Is that what people call it? It's not it? Washington Duke. It's Waduke. Uh, Jonathan Rand. Yeah. True or false? Josh Goodson got into it with the fan last night. Did not. Oh, 100% true. You are correct. <laughs> How do you keep getting into it with did, fans? You were right there with me. I, I, didn't, I did nothing. First of all, the, you want to talk about guys? I think this is a guy. Yeah. Where's visiting team colors on the road? Yeah. Guy. Are you that guy too? Sure, why not? I just. So I what, think what, it, it, should I just not even go to the game? No, you should go to the game. But should I not cheer? Unless you're in the section officially designated. No. For the fan, for the visiting team, I feel like it's just easier to wear. You're wrong. But no. then you wonder why you get into it with people. But I didn't it get into it. Starts with you're wearing red. I didn't get into what. What happened? I, I did know, not some, get into it. Some guy. I just look over and some guy's angry at you, and some other guy's like, "Don't mind this guy." <laughs> No way. There were Duke fans. He got held back. Caping up no, for me. Not held back. Just, yeah. Other Duke fans were like, don't don't mind this guy. Wow. There is, you just, I will say, just, there are a lot of fans that they themselves are angry. And so they're always going to look for the nearest, like, visiting fan wearing a visiting team colors uh, to get mad at. I didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> but I am like three for three in the last few games. <laughs>
time for another version of You Hate to See It. Oh, you hate there to see go. it. There we go. <laughs> You've been, you've, been kind of, you've been kind of quick on the trigger this morning First so up, far. Hey, I'm, I'm keeping moving, baby. That's Pace. right. That's keeping right. it moving, baby. Keeping it moving. First up is Trey Young getting hip-checked by Trevor Ariza. Why? Why, you ask? Why? Did Trevor Ariza hip-check Trey Young, the all-star for the Atlanta Hawks? Because he tried to dribble in between his legs. Apparently... This is a thing that Trey Young has been doing all season. Dribbling through the legs of unsuspecting players. And I don't mean the like, you're in defensive stance. I'm in my like triple threat position. And to start my dribble, I throw it under your leg and then go from there. I'm talking like I'm dribbling full speed. And I see you trying to stop me. And I throw the ball through your legs and run around on the other side and catch it and keep going and in theory make a layup. So he busted it out on Trey Young. And Trey Young was having absolutely none of it. Excuse me, Trevor Ariza. He tried it on Trevor Ariza. And Trevor Ariza was having absolutely none of it. Goodson, did you see this? Yeah, I did. Now, I'm actually kind of, I don't know, does this make me a hypocrite? Because I don't like the unwritten rule baseball guys. The guys who like stop and lecture you about your bad flip. I don't know why this strikes me differently. Because maybe a bat flip to me doesn't seem like a direct taunt of the pitcher, right? Like stepping over somebody is something that like you have to do something about because they step right. over you. Dribbling between legs to me is in the like stepping over someone category. Mm. It's trying to make a fool of them. Is it, it but are you just not trying to get around him? Well, th- th- but there is a little part of me that's like... I are mean, you the guy that... Um, would get mad soccer like a soccer penalty kick and the guy kicks it up the middle no no problem with that I don't think that's taunting I think that's like you know doing the scouting report and seeing what the other goalie does I'm trying to think of what else I have no problem with like Deion Sanders I have no problem with high stepping into the end zone um but I I to be clear I don't have a problem with Trey Young trying this I just think it's one of those I mean, you know, a classic, sometimes they'll say in basketball, like, all right, guys hit three shots in a row, like, like foul him just just to change up his rhythm, right? Um, or, I mean, you, I don't want to say I have a reputation for fouling hard and pick up basketball, <laughs> but um, there you might be You some don't want to not say it. There might be some stories from the Duke media game where, you know, I had to, basically, you if you have the opportunity to cleanly foul someone, why not do it to the point that, like, yeah, it makes it not fun for them to think about driving in the lane again, right? So I think that's all that uh, Trevor Ariza did. He said, Trey Young, I mean, yeah, Trey Young, next time they're playing against each other, absolutely has the right to try that move again. And he knows that if he does, Trevor Ariza will get called for a foul, maybe even a flagrant foul. He'll get points. He gave, but, him, a, he gave him a good shoulder. It was good. But he'll have to weigh that against getting clocked in the chest with uh, with Ariza's hip and shoulder. Ariza said after the game, don't do that blank again. Not to me, at least. I mean, I've never made an all-defensive team or none of that blank, and he's an all-star, so he can be creative by ways to get around me. But all the, like, funnies, I'm not with the funnies. I don't like the funnies. Trey Young getting hip-checked for trying to dribble between people's legs. Oh, you hate to see that. I don't agree with you. You're not down with me on this? No. 
It's a way to it's a way to get around the guy. I mean, I just don't think I don't care that if it's embarrassing well. him or I guess I'm saying I don't mind him doing it, but I also totally understand and have no problem with anybody who wants to continue in Trevor Reese's uh line of thinking and hip check Trey Young. I don't again, I don't like the throwing it at baseball guy guys who flip their bat. I don't see this as quite on that level. I think this is uh unless they're Astros. I think this is just the way it goes. We'll get to that a little bit later. Next up on You Hate to See It. This is fantastic. DeAndre Hunter. For the second time that I've seen <laughs> on Twitter, DeAndre Hunter calls out his former UVA teammates and separates himself from the historic <laughs> oh, UMBC loss when Virginia became the first one seed ever to lose to a 16 seed. Oh, that's right. In case you forgot, in 2018, the University of Virginia... In Charlotte, became the first one seed ever to lose to a 16 seed. They had to hear about it the next year. And obviously, they somewhat redeemed themselves by winning a national championship. But Ty Jerome was responding to somebody on Twitter who said, why would anyone want to play basketball at Virginia? What's the pitch? Hey, do you want to play the most boring style of offense possible and win games in the 50s? It would be like a wide receiver going to Navy. Totally fair take. Ty Jerome says, I went there because I wanted to win, grow, be a part of a special culture, and get to the next level. Worked out okay, but besides those, I can't find a reason. Also fair take. But the best take of all was DeAndre Hunter, who retweeted Ty Jerome oh, man. and said, you forgot to mention the loss to UMBC. Misspelled loss, but it's okay. DeAndre Hunter, who was on the team, but got hurt, so he didn't play, which is, you know, Part of the reason they lost, because they wouldn't have been a one seed without DeAndre Hunter, calling out Ty Jerome. Man. You oh, hate to see you it. hate to you, see that. I, I appreciate Jerome's response of like, I wanted to go there. What did what did he say? I wanted to win. I wanted to win, grow, uh win, grow, be a part of a special culture and get to the next level. I have nothing against Ty Jerome, but here's where the other here's where, where his other offers out of high school. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> you ready? Goodson doing work. Yes, I, I am here for this. Temple, okay. Stony Brook, St. <laughs> Joseph's, Rhode Island, right. Princeton, Manhattan, Hofstra, the Jaspers, George Washington, Fordham, Davidson, Columbia. That tells me a couple of things. A, it seems like he's pretty smart. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like he's in like great. He could get into some of these schools. Get in a lot, but, like yeah. Uh, you went to Virginia because an ACC schools offered you a scholarship. I, where were you on this retweet? You should have hit him with that. I mean, I don't have any. I like don't have if, anything against it, if, but like if that, my next best offers were Stony Brook, Stony Brook, like, Hofstra, and GW. I would have gone to Virginia too. <laughs> Come on, where were you? Goodson, spicy, and I like it. But I'm just like, yeah, Ty Jerome. We can get into the Virginia conversation. Like their 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 style is what it is, right? I. I think, and a lot of a lot of people have said it. It can hold you back to an extent of what you can do, especially offensively. Yep. Like Malcolm Brogdon is really good in the NBA. Yep. Could he have scored? But 20 we points didn't. A game? Could he have yeah. scored twenty or twenty five, and maybe made their life a little bit easier yep. to win more? Maybe I, we're, we're ta- talking hypotheticals, but miss me, Ty Jerome, with. I went to win. Blah blah blah. Like no, it's like no. I went there because I didn't want to go to Could've Stony Brook. <laughs> 
next up on You Hate to See It, John Calipari does not want to talk about Evansville anymore. So don't ask him. Here he was this weekend asked about a question that had Evansville even mentioned in it. Calipari wanted nothing to do with it. Cal, I know you're here chasing national championships, not conference championships, but in a season where you lose to Evansville and you have a couple losses in Las Vegas. And you know it's what's amazing? Does it when anybody talks guys? about our season, you know what they say? Evansville, Evansville, Evansville. <laughs> I'm like, are you talking about that game November 12th where EJ did not play in the game and Ashton was sick and so was Nick and we played with two guys with the flu? That game? Yes. That's so, the one you're so talking all, about? All that stuff save, early Can you say it for me again? Evansville, Evansville, Evansville. Evansville, Evansville. Evansville. Does it, when that's, you've gone through some I mean, struggle. did we play anybody else? I mean, it's like, and hey, that's the great one that can they see. can't be that because they lost to Evansville. How can they be any good? They lost to Evansville November 12th. So, so the point was, in a season where you've had some struggle, Cal, when you've had to kind of grind it out with Did anybody group. else lose bad games? I just don't know. <laughs> I give up. I mean. He said, I give up. Calipari got exactly what he wanted. He didn't have to answer the guy's question. I felt, I mean, come on, reporter. Don't repeat things that John Calipari orders you to say. Say Evansville again. Evansville, Evansville, Evansville. The rest of the media room did it with him. And I mean, look, I've never been to a John Calipari press conference, and I have no doubt that there are some good, neutral, unbiased journalists who follow Cal, but I also have no doubt that much like when you see a Dabo Swinney press conference and like six out of every seven questions are for someone wearing orange and being like, oh, Dabo, how great did you guys look tonight, man? Like, Cal's got a lot of those dudes at his press conferences too. Yeah. So don't act like you have to all, always face the heat in your press conferences uh, that you need to like call out this dude. Evansville has not won a game since December 21st. Oh, you hate to see that. <laughs> John Calipari catching it from the tough Kentucky media. Mm. You just absolutely hate to see it. By the way, we were speaking, talking about Tubby Smith earlier. Yeah. He won one national title in a decade at Kentucky, and I got him ran off. Cal, he's working on one national title at Kentucky in a decade. They still act like they love the guy. Is he ever going to get it? Like, what have you done for me lately? It's been a while, Cal. That's all I'm saying. All right. With the five minutes remaining, we have just enough time to decide if things are overrated, underrated, or properly rightly rated. It's rightly rated. First up, Kenny Smith. The Jet has partnered with Corona to serve as the brand's newest Corona hotline operator, taking the campaign from football into basketball. From March 1st, April 6th, fans can call Kenny at 1-844-9-CORONA to be transported into game mode for a chance to win a $500 StubHub digital code, uh, a bunch of other things, right? I bring this up partly to talk about Kenny Smith, but also to talk about Corona for a second. <laughs> First of all, let me just say, I do not envy the position that Corona marketers are in currently, right? Your brand, unfortunately, now shares the name with a global pandemic. And I have no idea what this is going to be. I'm not trying to go all Darren Ravel. I know that's like what he would say, like, oh, you know, the the Corona name is now, you know. Does this help your brand as Corona, having the coronavirus, because now your name is being said over and over and over and over and over again? 
Or is it bad because now your name has an obvious association with sickness and illness? And there was some poll that like 38% of people said they wouldn't drink Corona because of the coronavirus. Oh, man. I, I think part, I hope that's not all true. I hope there's some people joking around there or just don't drink Corona in general. But I also, if you are Corona now, you have to be careful in all your marketing, right? You don't want to be accused of like making light of a global pandemic that is killing thousands of people, including a couple now in the United States, unfortunately. So I know they started this Corona hotline thing. Was it Tony Romo that manned it for football? Yeah. I think it was. But I don't he's know, gotta man. Earn, He's got to earn that $17 million yeah, yeah, somehow. somehow. <laughs> but I don't know. Like, maybe you suspend the Corona hotline while coronavirus is going bit, on, yeah, right? I, I don't know. Again, it's not an enviable position to be in, to be the head of marketing for Corona right now. But we'll see what Kenny Smith. And, and same, if you're Kenny Smith's agent and they're offering good money, you're like, ah, you know what, though? Maybe maybe don't do something yeah. named Corona right now. You're okay. I don't know. That's a long way of asking, is Kenny Smith overrated, underrated, or rightly rated? Jonathan Rand, Kenny Smith. I think he's I think he's overrated. Josh Goodson? Kenny Smith's overrated. Yeah. He's good, but he's slightly overrated as a TV analyst. I think he's underrated as a player. Sure. Kenny Smith was better than you remember. He was a sneaky good dunker. What do you mean, sure, Rand? He didn't watch... Kenny Smith. Did you watch him? No, but okay. you're you're out here exclaiming like Wait, folksy. That's, sure, that's what that's what we do. Yeah, we that was say a, things. And that was a dismissal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on, the, on this show we don't lie about things we've seen. Okay. If you don't know who Kenny Smith was, I as know a player, what he is, but I have I have zero clue he, of any type of player that he is. He had a one of the greatest dunks when dunks weren't that creative. If you go back and look, he would stand at the free throw line. This is in the dunk contest with his back to the basket. Bounce it in between his legs, which is fine because you're allowed to go in between your own legs, which is mm. not between other people's mm. legs. Bounce it between his legs, off the ground, off the backboard. He would turn around, run, catch it, and reverse dunk it. Kenny Smith, underrated as a player, slightly overrated because of how good Ernie and Chuck and kind of Shaq are <laughs> as a uh, TV analyst. Next up for Rightly Rated, Chris Matthews. Is Chris Matthews overrated, underrated, overrated. or rightly rated? This comes up because he resigned and took his show with him. Hardball is no longer. Without, hate, this should have been in you hate you to, hate see, to it. see it. You're not a big Chris Matthews guy? I don't know. Um, Chris Matthews, Tar Heel. He is a Tar Heel, actually. Chris Matthews overrated. Daryl Hammond doing Chris <laughs> Matthews for Saturday Night Live. Underrated. Yes. Now, Rand, because of our earlier discussion in the segment, I have to ask, are you laughing no, because I'm you a, actually remember no, it? No, I'm a huge SNL just, fan. just being no, radio producer I will, I will and fight agreeing. on this. I'm a huge SNL fan, so I love Josh that. Josh Goodson, do we believe that Jonathan Rand has actually seen Daryl Hammond's hardball? I believe that way more than him. Like, yeah, Kenny Smith, great player. Oh, oh, is that what I said, or did I just say sure? <laughs> no, it was like, sure. <laughs> yeah. How, how about you let the guy who runs the team? It was, it was sure. <laughs> figure that out. Like, yeah. And finally, and rightly rated, Chris, yeah, yeah, Chris Matthews overrated, Daryl Hammond underrated. Finally, on rightly rated, James Lipton. Oh. The host of Inside like the Actors. Like you know James Lipton. What are you <laughs> doing here, Rand? <laughs> Come on. You're allowed to know James Lipton. Come on, The 93-year-old former host of Inside the Actors studio passed away. He had a 23-year run. James Lipton. Since you run the fan club, Jonathan Rand, is he overrated, underrated, or rightly rated? I think he's underrated. I've honestly, uh, be honest. 
I had never heard of this guy until I saw you. I promise you. You never heard of nope. him? Nope. Wow. I will say, I remember when Will Ferrell started doing the, the skit making fun of him, and I didn't know what the show was at that time. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I yeah. didn't find the skit funny. Never heard yeah. of him. He's rightly rated. That's fine. All right. Sure. Pete. Thank you. <laughs> Sports Channel 8, we're out. You've been listening to the best of Sports Channel 8, the radio show podcast. Don't forget there are many ways you can listen to this podcast, including streaming at WRALsportsfan.com, the WRAL Sportsfan app. And you can also subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and TuneIn. This podcast also drops every weekday at noon. Thanks again for listening to the best of Sports Channel 8, the radio show podcast.